to This is the Day with Pastor Wade Scarborough. It is our prayer that something is said or done to make your walk through this journey called life a little lighter and brighter. You can follow Pastor Wade at Real Pastor Wade on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. He looks forward to walking with you on this journey together to breakthrough, victory, redemption. Pastor Wade is anointed and experienced in multiple areas of life. God uses him to have us look at our challenges in ways we may never have seen before. Now the moment we've all been waiting for, Pastor Wade Scarborough. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to This is the Day with Pastor Wade Scarborough. You know it. It's an honor and privilege that you have taken the time out of your life to walk with me on this journey that we call life. Listen, this journey on life is not easy, y'all. Come on. As you can see, there's a whole bunch of stuff going on right now. So this is not easy. You could be doing anything right now, but you decided to take your time out to talk with me. You know, we can walk this journey together. We can come reason together. This is what I love. This is what this is the day is all about. For those who join us for the very first time in our conversation, welcome, welcome, welcome. I do not take that lightly. Uh, there are so many conversations you could be joining in on. You know, we got this matter, that matters. We got all kinds of things going on. We got an election a year going on, everybody debating Republican, Democrats. Listen, there's so much going on right now that you can. We got that Rona going, this thing going on. We got everything going on right now. So you could be joining so many conversations right now, but you decided to join us. And I really appreciate that. Let me let you know what this conversation is all about. We discuss various topics, you know, that the church body does not talk about on a Sunday because of the sensitive nature or at a Bible study or, or shut down, just talking about it all together. All of us, no matter what we think, feel or believe without judgment will not be made to feel like your feelings or opinion are not valid. And we can have a, a honest, free conversation here on this is the day with Pastor Wade. Listen, you know we are in times of uncertainty. We Listen, we are in uncertain times, social unrest. You know, many people are experiencing various, various challenges. You know, 47 million people are out of work. And then now the unemployment that they had is starting to run out. It's been shut down. So uh, also, you know, they're trying to say more jobs are opening up, but 47 million jobs need to open up. But that's another story. You got various challenges like that that's affecting people's faith. Doubt can be creeping in. People may be feeling paralyzed and cannot move right now. And and so what happens is this is we're on a series or conversation right now on how to apply your faith. And what we're going to do is we're going to go back to the basics. And no matter where you are, in your faith walk, whether you have no faith at all, and that's okay. Uh, whether you have faith of the size of a mustard seed, like uh, uh, Jesus said, or maybe you have faith the size of a watermelon. There is always room for growth. And then a lot of you gave me different topics that you want to discuss and looking at what's going on out in the world as well. You know, faith seems to be the next direction to go because we started out how to end times, how will it look? We had a series on that. We also had the 10 principles for a successful relationship. Then also we just finished a conversation about 15 episodes of how to treat one another based on the 59 one another's in the Bible. So uh, if this is your very first time and you haven't joined those conversations and listened to those, definitely take a listen. Those those definitely will bless your life, no matter what area of or walk of life you're in, no, even no matter what religion you are. 
will always help you. Because the thing about principles, they always work. I'm not here to force you with my beliefs and, and what I, I believe. Uh, all I'm here to do is just give you information, uh, give you uh, another side just to expand and broaden uh, your vision, your perspective. And then it's you that's going to have to make uh, the choice. So basically we had a, uh, this is episode two on how to apply your faith. Go back and listen to episode one. I usually do a review in my other conversations, but it's just so much that we have to cover. I mean, we're going to be on this conversation for a long, long time because we're going to take our time. I want to make sure, you know, I always say in all thy getting, get understanding. So therefore, I'm going to make sure everybody understands that we're all on the same page so we can all move forward and our faith can grow in God. So therefore, ladies and gentlemen, as always, as because I am your captain of this plane, let's make sure that your seat and tray tables are in the upright position. And if you feel any turbulence on this plane, that means God is shaking everything at the very root of what does not belong on this plane. If you're listening with somebody right now, look at them and say, are you ready? And look back at the other person and say, I'm ready. Then let's get into it. How to apply faith. We're going to continue, y'all. Listen, we stopped at uh, faith produces optimism. You know, we were going through, uh, you know, what understanding faith and what it is. And also, we're going to talk about doubt. That's going to be after we continue the conversation from last time. <laughs> yeah, doubt. Yeah, we're going to talk about that because if you don't have faith, you have doubt. One or the other. You're, and there's no in the middle. You have either or. And we're going to go into understanding that. And then that's going to be a, uh, just that part of doubt is going to be a very long conversation because there's some things that are going to come up for you that hopefully that you'll see and you'll be able to adjust on the fly. But let's talk about, let's continue about talking about faith produces optimism. And also, if you want to listen to episode one as well, how to apply faith. I went through over several scriptures that we'll, we'll be using. You know I like to keep things in context. Don't ever listen or join this conversation thinking that, well, Pastor Way is just giving his opinion. I am not giving my opinion. I try to take as much as my opinion out of it as possible. I will tell you how I feel about a subject. But I, when it comes to scripture, I try to take my opinion out of it. And let's just use the word. You know I love to keep things in context because I always say when you anytime you look at a scripture let's keep it in context because if you take the word text out of the word context all you are left with is a con and we don't con people here at this is the day with pastor way we got a lot of conning going on in church right now oh I'm sorry I said the I shouldn't have said that I know we're not supposed to con people but you know the the ministry has now become the magistry and uh, yeah, it's about tithes and offerings, about how many people you got in there. You listen, it's really not about transformation, uh, you know, people's real relationship with God. It's really not about how you treat your brother or sister anymore. Uh, it's about keeping those tithes and offerings up uh, and things of that nature. You know, uh, a positive message. Uh, let's get people pumped up, hyped up. And therefore, there's no real movement or transformation in their life. Uh-oh, there's no power. But that's just another story. That's another subject for another day. You know, and I just gave you my opinion, my view of what's going on. And uh, if you really look, you'll see that it's basically, uh, it's a well-known thing going on right now, but that's a whole nother issue. So 
Faith produces optimism. That's taken from Proverbs 4.23, Luke uh, 21 and 18, John 16.33, uh, Romans 8.25, and drop down to 28, also Romans 15 and 13, and then Colossians 3, 1 through 4. So I've got to understand, too, watch this. With optimism, we will be able to keep our faith on track and see what our Lord Jesus, the Christ, I like to say the Christ because Jesus Christ is not his last name. It's Jesus the Christ. I know people like to say Jesus Christ. No, no, it's Jesus the Christ, even though Christ has been used in many different forms throughout history. And you can look that up. I don't have time to really go into that, but he is actually the Christ that we've been waiting for, the Messiah, the anointed one. Uh, and so we have to look at what he's done for us. Then we will be able to overcome any setbacks and disappointments. Isn't that what it's about? That's why it's, it's, we shouldn't put faith in things and stuff. We should be putting faith in uh, our savior and our Lord and faith in God, a faith of uh, him rescuing us from the setbacks, the disappointments or suffering we may face as the goal of being his child uh, will outweigh all else. We will have no fear for what happens to our body. See, I love that part right there. We will have no fear for what happens to our body. Look at what's going on in the world right now. Everybody's in fear of what's going to happen to their body. When you talk about coronavirus, COVID, everybody's in fear of that versus looking at the bigger picture. Don't get mad at me. I am only a messenger. So we will have no fear for what happens to our body when our soul is secure. Uh, and you can look at that at Philippians 3 and 20 uh, through 21, the A clause. Eternity is our goal. And our life is here as a training ground to learn a mere rehearsal of what is to come. When we are positive and optimistic, listen to me now, we will keep our interest on what is true and seek his promises because optimism puts faith into action. We will be able to be more confident that God's promises are real, true, and will come to us. That way we can have a good attitude, be filled with zeal, and that excitement and keep our heart with uh, all diligence. And that's Proverbs 4.23. Even uh, when times are harsh, uh, and you can look that up also in Hebrews 10 through 24 through 25 and 1 Peter 3 and 15. Next thing, y'all, when we talk about faith and understanding it, faith produces confidence. You know, you got to have that confidence, y'all. Listen, there's nothing like having confidence and security as far as in what you believe and what you actually know. Sometimes you have to believe, go from uh, believing when you talk about faith to actually knowing. Like, I know God is real, without a shadow of a doubt. So there is no atheist, agnostic, uh, there, there, there is no, you know, there's uh, atheist Christians as well. There is nothing that anybody can say to convince me otherwise that God is not real and that Jesus, the Lamb, the Son of the living God, part of the triune, there's nothing you can do to convince me otherwise. So therefore, it's not something that I just believe. It's something that I know, and I use my faith to do that. Oh boy, I have confidence in that. So confidence enables us to rely on the Lord for all things in our life. It keeps our faith focused and rooted uh, on the subject, which 
is Jesus as Lord and knows the obstacles of our feelings, circumstances, or issues. We can push forward in the direction that we are called because he is governing and he is sovereign. As we look to him with trust and not to others or ourselves, we have the, the God of the universe in us. Nothing is greater than that. And uh, another name for the God of the universe is Jehovah Sabaoth, the God of the universe. That's that's uh, one of the meanings of when you say Jehovah Sabaoth. Nothing is greater than that. We can live our lives in holiness and Christian character and react to all the situations we encounter with the focus, watch this, on who we are in, which is Jesus. He is our confidence. See how we put faith and have confidence in who Jesus is. And then Jesus is the one that told us, uh, you would do greater things than me. So therefore, this is how instead of putting faith in our things and the stuff and like, I'm going to move mountains so I can get this job. I'm going to move mountains so I can get this acting gig or, or be a singer or whatever. You're trying to move or get this church building. No, you need to have faith and confidence uh, in Jesus, in God, that you are uh, one of his, that you are a joint heir to the throne. And when you know that and operate like that, he's going to give you the things and stuff. Matthew 6.33 says... Uh, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, which means uh, being right, standing God, uh, doing things and being right. And all these things shall be added unto you. So we got to get, when you talk about faith, we got to get our priorities right. We got to leave the things and the stuff out of our faith. Let's have faith in God, faith, hope, and love in our Lord. Let's have hope and faith in that first. And he's going to give us the things and the stuff anyway. Remember in Deuteronomy 8.18, he already said, uh, I give thee power. See, he already gave it to you. I give thee power to get wealth, to establish the covenant. What we forget about sometimes is the reason why he gives us power to get wealth is not just so we can have the Mercedes. Uh-oh, or the Benz, or or the house, or 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 the clothes. Are you looking? I'm a Nike guy. Listen, I'm Nike all day, every day in Jordan. That's all I wear if I'm not wearing a suit. I'm wearing Nike or Jordan, period. So, but even with all of that, because I like all that stuff, he's given me power to get that. So I don't need to pray to God. Listen, God, I need a house. I need a car. Uh, I need uh, clothes, money, stuff like this. We, he already knows that. He's given me power to do that. But what happens is when I, because he's given me power to do that, when I get the money, when I get the seed, so therefore now I'm supposed to help establish the covenant. I'm supposed to help win souls for the lamb's role. That's how, that's how I'm supposed to use my faith is that's why I'm supposed to use the, the money, the seed that I get, uh, the influence or power uh, that he allows me to have. Uh, I'm supposed to use my faith to that to win souls at the end of the day, not to make it rain. Uh-oh. You know, not to be fronting, not to have the wheels spinning, you know, not to have the biggest, best house uh, on the block. Oh, God, I'm losing some friends right now because, you know, I live in L.A. I'm born and raised in L.A., 120th in Vermont. You know, I'm from the hood. I'm a hood guy. Uh, and so, therefore, uh, I've uh, lived in the hood, born and raised in the hood, all that kind of stuff. But uh, I and I get it. But you got to understand this. What are we doing it for? And we're not doing it for things and stuff. We're not doing it, especially in the church. We're not doing it just for buildings. The, any building, church building that you're in is not the church. <laughs> it's not. The people are the church. Now, if you want to say that's where we go and gather, fine. But you got to understand this, too. Uh, when, you, when Jesus died and the disciples went, uh, and when you talk about real church, real church was home to home. Even though... 
when you talk about, well, what about when the, the, the preachers and, and all of them, they, when Jesus read in the synagogues, well, what happened is in the synagogues, they allowed you to, uh, uh, they allowed outsiders to come in and then you can make your case, you can make your point. So, but that's not how, uh, what real church is when you talk about how Jesus did it. We went, they went to home to home, house to house. Matter of fact, uh, they were the only, I, I hate to say religion, but they were the only religion at that time that basically didn't have temples, synagogues, stuff like that. They were going to home, church was going from home to home, small groups, things like that. That's how things were done. Uh-oh, I'm so in trouble right now, but it, it is what it is. So I'm just trying to get you to understand what we use, what are we supposed to be using our faith for? It's uh, a change of perspective. You know, uh, we're in a society where everything is so stuff-driven. I got to look the part. I got to look blessed. And I only thing I could do that is, you know, that's why a lot of men are depressed sometimes or stressed because the world's got uh, men thinking that uh, uh, the only way you're a man is what your bank account says. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Uh oh, because everything is performance based for a man. So everything is you got to drive the best car, you got to have uh, the uh, most money in your bank account uh, to even get the girls. So there's a lot of misconceptions uh, going out there. But one thing that will always win out, and I help men all the time with this a woman always wants a godly man that follows God. So therefore, God, that's, guys, that's a nugget for you that if, listen, you just stay the course, be accountable to God. And I'm telling you, he will give you all the things and the stuff anyway, because you know what? Any things and stuff that you get will not be just for you. It's to bless others. Oh boy. I hope I'm helping somebody with that. Understand this confidence also makes us realize we are not responsible for the results, only for the faith and obedience. When we are not exercising confidence, our faith weakens and we may fail. We will be uh, overwhelmed with doubt, uncertainty, and disbelief. Understand this. We will soon distrust people, our capabilities, and God's call. This is the opposite of God's call for faith. This will cause us to seek our limited thinking, placing confidence in feeble, temporary abilities, and things that do not last have little importance. Oh, boy. That's just preaching stuff right there, y'all. Listen, there's some stuff that we be uh, going after that are so little importance that has really nothing to do uh, with the kingdom of God winning souls. But I'm not, I don't want to offend nobody, you know, because, you know, don't offend your brother. I get it. I get it. But listen, uh, I can't help in the conviction <laughs> of it. I don't want to offend you. But listen, there's some things that we be chasing after that we think, well, God has called me to do that. And really, if it has nothing to do with winning souls for the Lamb's role, for making somebody's life better for the kingdom of God, mm, yeah, you may want to rethink that. Also, self-confidence. Uh, will uh, elevate us as godlike, becoming our principal authority and reason for life instead of Christ. Confidence will uh, skew uh, into pride. We don't want that, y'all. Pride is not a synonym. Rather, it is a heinous mutation. We will lack confidence to serve the Lord and engage in fear because our faith is limited to the situation and not in Christ. That's Matthew 8, 26. Our real confidence is in who we are in him. This is our motivation in all our life's pursuits from relationships to decisions. How we 
are treated, how we respond to others, and how we exercise our faith. Understand this, a disciple of Christ, I'm trying not to say Christian, y'all, because we're not Christians. Christians are, is this really a slang term? I try not to use that, but just for this purposes, if you hear me say Christian, that's because that's a worldly term that we use. You're really a disciple of Christ if you believe. So therefore, and why do I say that? Because, uh, they always said Jesus, uh, they called Jesus' disciples, disciples of Jesus. Then they called, uh, they said John the Baptist uh, disciples, because John the Baptist had disciples and the Pharisees had disciples. So uh, when you talk about Christians, Christians was what they were called after Jesus died. Uh, and then they were called the disciples that those are them Christians over there. So that's like I told you, that's like calling a black person the N-word. So it's a, it's a slang term, but it's something that we use just for this purpose to understand that uh, we follow Jesus the Christ. Understand this, a Christian is to balance confidence and esteem uh, by the temperance of the other characters. Pride and arrogance are the very worst things, oh boy, a Christian can exhibit in the sight of God. My God, our confidence is to be sure and righteous without pride. Pride elevates the quote unquote me, whereas Christian confidence elevates Christ and allows him to empower us. Bad things come. Watch this or become bad when we lack the confidence in Jesus to endure and learn from them. Things get worse when we lack faith and mental composure to deal with a crisis. It is our holding on his holy love and grace that builds our strength and confidence and gives us perseverance and more faith. Our Lord gives us the ability and strength to reach beyond our grasp. Yeah, see, this is where when you concentrate on God and, and have faith in God, what happens is we draw strength from that. See, if you draw strength in God just so you can get things and stuff, that's only going to be temporal. If you live this as a lifestyle, you'll be able to grasp things that, uh, that's why he'll say, I'll do exceedingly above all you ever ask or think. That's using faith right there. So he, he's even the implication of that text is, listen, you, you so limited in your thinking. You think you're thinking big, but God's going to even do bigger things than that. If you really trust and believe in him, if you really do it the way he says do it. Next thing, faith produces boldness. Whoa, my, where are my bold people at? You know, I got God's boldness. Listen, there's a difference between being bold and just being flat out mean. Just like, I'm just going to tell you the truth because I'm being God, being boldness in God. No, no. Delivery is everything now, people. You know, I'm, I'm them saints, boy, that just think that I'm just going to use God's boldness and just tell you oh, any old thing and just let my mouth fly. No, that's not what boldness means. Faith produces boldness. Uh, understand being bold means our willingness to take our faith, uh, venture out with it, and do the right thing at the right time, regardless of the barriers or fears we may encounter. That's 1 John 7, 17 through 19. Uh, this enabled us to speak the truth and perform a task without fear of the consequences or results because it is the right and biblical thing to do. It is realizing that God is in control we have got to make sure we always understand that when you talk about understanding faith. God is in control regardless. Even right now, uh, within COVID, uh, Black Lives Matters, I hate really saying Black Lives Matters because don't get me started on what Black Lives Matters really means, uh, what it really is, even though Black Lives do matter. <laughs> 
You heard me there. Black lives do matter, but the organization, Black Lives Matters, I do not support at all. It is realizing that God is in control, even in the midst of all this foolishness going around, even in the midst of COVID. You know what COVID is really doing? It's getting your attention. Listen, it's getting, especially getting the church attention, all that faith that the church thought they had, they don't, especially the individuals in church. You're finding out, whoa, like, uh, yay, though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I really don't believe that because now that I'm in the valley of the shadow of death, uh, I shall put my mask on. Because I fear evil. <laughs> I mean, that's the new scripture uh, right now. But I'm just saying, listen, if people want to do that, that's fine. But right now, all those uh, scriptures that we used to say in faith and all this jargon that we use in church is now have come to fruition. We are supposed to apply it. And now we get to see exactly. Imagine God putting a flashlight like he's just shining a light. Uh, you, you think you live in one way and you see yourself one way, and he's shining a light on it right now. Right now, there's a big light on the church right now, and people in church, I mean talking about people not just been in the church for a day, for years, and been saying all these scriptures, but then when it's come time to apply it, oh, no, not today. Well, not in this moment. Uh, maybe the next moment, God, I'll believe in you and trust in you, even though you said we've been redeemed from poverty, sickness, and death. I'll believe it next time, but not today. Day. I'll believe it through N1, N H1N1. I'll believe it through Ebola. I believe it through SARS. I even believe it through AIDS, even though AIDS kills 9 million people a year. I'm just saying, I'll believe it through the flu. But God forbid I believe it through COVID. Oh, my God. Not today. Because you know what Dr. Fauci said? Oh, boy. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that either. Right now, as a church, we're being exposed. And we don't understand that God is in control. Without question. And we have been redeemed for poverty, sickness, and death. He's the he's our healer. Like you so you know, one of my biggest pet peeves, I said it before in our last episode. We got people that are anointed with gifts of healing in this moment and will not heal anybody because they're scared, self-preservation. Now, if God gave you the gift of healing and it's time for you to activate your gift and really go do the work of the kingdom right now and you're not doing it, wouldn't you think he would protect you if you have the gift of healing? And you're the one healing his people? I'm just saying. But this is where your faith come in and your belief. This is what the question now is becoming, ladies and gentlemen, is what do you really believe? And that is the question, the universal question, all over the world right now. And nobody wants to address this question for real. Well, we just want to make sure we uh, come out clean with it. We just want to make sure we just going to lay back and see what happened. We just going to lay back and see what happened. No, we should be on the forefront of this thing. We should be right in the middle of it. Listen, I'm one of those. Let's just start up church. And for those that want to come, let them come. For those that don't, don't. We have what we have. And you probably have an even stronger church if we do it that way versus people coming by, you know, want to name drop. I know this person, that person. That's why I'm coming. Uh-oh, I'm sorry. God is in control, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> here, is, uh, uh, here is there within us, besides us, and he will take care of us. Therefore, we do not need to fear what others can do. Rather, we are to concentrate on our character and call and do it with passion and conviction. When we are not exercising boldness, we will become Christian cowards. Oh, boy. 
Don't get me started on that. I'm going to leave that alone. I'm not even going to go there right now. But I will say that again. When we are not exercising boldness, we will become Christian cowards. Not calling any names. I'm just going to be, I'm, I'm covering my mouth right now, y'all, because I want to say a whole bunch on that. But that's a whole nother show if I start talking about that, because cowards is a tough word. Uh, and there's a lot of that going around right now. This means we will be held back from what God has called us to do, miss his opportunities and our growth. We will be engulfed by fear, cynicism, negativity, discouragement, and pessimism. These negative traits create a negative attitude that is infectious to others. Remember I said uh, uh, there was a minister in our church. Uh, her name is Minister Coco, and we had a minister's call. I had all the ministers on there, and, I, and she made a great point. She said it's okay to be affected by what's going on because we live in the world. But she says what's happening is the church or people are being infected. Oh. As far as their faith, they're being infected on the, what they believe. They're being, they're, they're got an infection on their eyesight. They got an infection on how they treat their neighbor. They're infected. And here, right here, it says these negative traits create negative attitude that is infectious to others. We got an infection going on right now, y'all. See, I keep telling you that the virus is not really COVID. The virus that really is spreading right now is hatred and division. That is the real virus. Uh, listen, the 200,000 people, which is probably is more or less than that, that they said have died of COVID. Uh, listen, there's a bigger killer, a bigger virus that is killing everybody. Bigger than COVID, flu, influenza, Spanish flu, AIDS. It, cancer is killing everybody. And it's called hatred and division. Oh, am I in trouble yet? I'm sure I'm going to get there. It causes people not to take the chance to go forward with God or with what God is calling them to. Uh, the exercise of faith and the pursuit of relationships require risk. Oh boy, it requires risk and the willingness to be hurt as people will hurt and betray us. Only Christ remains true. Jesus is the only thing that remains true, y'all. This fear seriously hampers our faith. Thus, the person and or the church, don't get mad at me, remains ensnared in fear, allowing obstacles to stop them so that the work of our Lord has for them remains un. Done. Listen, I'm going to leave that alone. That preaches itself. Remember, God heals us and helps us move on. There is no reason to be held back by our fears. Boldness. Woo! Listen, y'all, this is, hey, and don't think when, I, when we're having this conversation that this is not infecting me. Listen, I'm talking to me first. <laughs> and then, well, however you want to receive it, you receive it. But listen, those words ring true to me. And that's one of the things, ever since everything has been started and going on, I have taken this position. We need to be bold during this time. We need to be doing stuff. We need to listen. We need to be winning more souls for the Lamb's role right now. Forget online, this line, that line. Listen. I'm having different Bible studies at my house, looking to talk to people. People want to gather. They want to. They want the word for real. They want to understand what's going on. They want their faith uh, increased, even if they don't have any. I'm telling you, this is the moment. This is the day. But we're missing it. Boldness come from the confidence 
that we have in Christ, uh, who he is and what he can do. The attitude directly affects how we respond to any given situation. Uh, we have confidence in our Lord. We can venture beyond our limits, abilities, and comfort zones to engage in the simple things of life, from talking to a stranger in a kind, encouraging way. Jesus, if we could just do that right now. Because my thing is, talk to a stranger in a kind, encouraging way. Uh, right now, would that be with a mask on or without, or would that be six feet apart? What if that stranger needs a hug? I'm just leave, I'm gonna leave that alone, especially if they need encouragement. Because encouragement, you're gonna need to be in proximity, you're gonna need to be close. But that's a different story, I'm gonna leave that alone. Or sharing the gospel with a friend uh, to the big stretches, such as church planting, uh, teaching uh, with the truth and conviction, or going overseas to a strange and foreign land as a missionary. I can do all things. Hmm. Really? I'm just going to stop. I can do all things. I think we just tore that part out of the scripture right now. We can't do any, we can't do all things, not in this moment, maybe the next moment. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. Not today, not in this moment, not during COVID, not during uh, Black Lives Matter, not during any of that, uh, not during elections. I can't do all things, not right now. I'm just saying that's the way the world is acting right now, like especially the church. I can't do all things right now. <laughs> not right now because I, I need to make sure that I'm okay. Oh, listen, uh-oh. Paul said, not because he was uh, this great and powerful man, but because he knew his God and what he could do. We'll, we will not fear what others can do to us, just as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego demonstrated. If you don't know that story, uh, in Daniel 3, I believe, you better, hey, 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 hey. One of my favorite stories, I'm, I'm a, uh, doing a, a series on if. And I told you before, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, uh, talking about the king, which also represents the government at that time, uh, uh, made a law, said they have to bow down to uh, a statue that he built, and they knew it wasn't the one true God. And uh, my man, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stood up and said, okay, listen, we know that's not the one true God. Listen, our God has the ability to save us. And then here, ladies and gentlemen, here's a coldest blooded statement in the whole Bible that he said. And then after he said that, he said, and if he don't. <laughs> We still won't bow down uh, to that because they know the truth. The question I have for the world right now, especially the church, because this is happening in this moment. If the government, here it come, told you to do something or made a law that you know that was not godly, when you know it would be right to follow it because it's the law, but you know it's not godly, would you still do it? I'm just saying, and I'm guarantee you, we talking about church folks. They would follow the law and know, knowingly, I'm just saying, don't get mad at me, and knowingly follow the law because they think they would be doing the right thing, which technically they would, but they wouldn't be doing the godly thing. And that is what that whole story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, here is the king, somebody you're supposed to follow, which is also a representative of government in this time right now made a law that is not godly because we're getting there in this time y'all oh yeah the, the laws are already being made where uh they're making laws that go against god and guess what people are going to still follow that law or follow those laws and know it is not the godly thing to do and know that they know it and they still gonna follow it and don't have the guts remember the other remember we just talked about cowards don't have the guts to really believe in God, use their faith and go, listen, we know that this law is wrong <laughs> and our God can deliver us and save us. But will we have the guts to say, and if he don't, we still won't follow. 
<laughs> Don't get mad at me. That's just a question. Matter of fact, hit me up on at Real Pastor Wade. Wade W spell Wade to spell W A I D on my Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Don't get mad at me. Let me know if the government made an outblatant law, which there are plenty in there now, that you know that it would go against God, that you know God would not approve. Would you still follow the law? And following the law would be the right thing, but it would not be the godly thing. Would you still do it? Would you be able, and be, hey, listen, examine yourself. Would you be able to go, Listen, my God is going to deliver me. My God is going to take care of me. And then on the other side, say, and if he don't, I'm still not following because you know it ain't the godly thing to do. Would you have the courage? Would you have the faith to do that? I'm just asking for a friend. Don't get mad at me. I'm asking for a friend. A friend of mine wanted to know. I'm not asking for myself. Just let me know. Hit me up on my Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Real Pastor Wade. Wade is spelled W-I-D. And let me know. Don't get mad at me, y'all. Listen, we, we friends. I love each and every one of you, whether we are on the same page, whether we believe the same thing or not. I still love you as my brother and sister, as brethren. Let's continue. Remember, it said all, we can do all things. Uh, Paul said not because he was the great and powerful man and because he knew his God and what he could do. We will not fear uh, what others can do to us, uh, just like we talked about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They knew God could save them. They did not know if he would save them. But whatever God did, they trusted him for it, even if the furnace took their lives away. So they could walk into the furnace with the confidence Whatever the results might be, and y'all want to look that up, that's Daniel 3, 8 through 30. God chose to do a miracle. Do you know God is looking to do a miracle right now in this moment? But he needs some real believers, people with faith, uh, that's available. Uh-oh. He needs some real people that's available. That are willing to, see, uh, you know, some people are like, well, the mask ain't that bad. You know, God hears us through the mask. But really, if we're talking through the mask, especially in prayer to God, and we're supposed to be doing it in faith, is he really going to hear that? Are we really coming in faith? <laughs> especially if we're coming into his presence and we're communing him. Because everything that we need, his protection, there ain't no disease. There ain't nothing that can get in there anyway. So if we're uh, living by faith and living and doing it by God and we're seeking his faith and he, faith, and he wants to do a miracle through us, I'll take that protection every day. I'll take that chance. And then I'm willing to say, and if he don't. I still ain't wearing a mask, <laughs> but that's just me. I still ain't doing, listen, I have to do it to go into a, a grocery store because we're getting to those end times where you can't buy or sell if you don't have it on. Fine. But I'm one of those, when, we, when I find a whole bunch of believers, because I'm, I'm, I'm looking and I found some that don't care, and listen, we can just go and just do God's thing and we'll be able to stand and be like, and if he don't, listen, those are the people I want to be around right now because, listen, I'm not going down this road. Of, of being a slave. I'm not going down this road of just because 
uh, one uh, person or has an agenda or the government has an agenda. I'm not doing that. I see what the enemy is doing, how we're getting closer to end times. I see what's going on, keeping everybody separated, keeping everybody arguing. You got to look through your faith eye to see that. Stop looking at the news and listening to what the news say. You got to, in all thy getting, get understanding. But believe in God and know he is overall and he's going to take care of each and every one of us. But you got to believe. You got to believe. Next thing. Ooh, I didn't lost some friends, but it's okay. I still love you guys. Uh, also, our boldness does not stand alone. If it did, then it would be pride, the most heinous sin we could commit. Pride. Listen, pride comes before the fall. <laughs> I'm just saying. Boldness has to be tempered uh, by the other characters and fruits from our Lord. So it's synergistic and powerful uh, because of whom he is, not for what we can accomplish. If meekness, which means strength under control, and gentleness are not accompanying our boldness, we will have bulliness and not boldness. You will have a force of personality, not the spirit of the Lord. That's 1 Peter 4, 7 uh, through 5 and drop down to 8. Also, boldness works together with uh, cautiousness. They balance each other out by helping us exhibit wisdom and passion for a better and godly approach to life. Next thing, let's talk about faith produces perseverance. My God. Woo! The dictionary definition don't, is, of perseverance is uh, to persist in an idea or purpose or task despite obstacles. Uh, that's the Webster dictionary. Uh, in the Christian context, perseverance is to continue in a state of grace to the end for our eternal reward. See, guys, we're going to, we getting to eternal reward. That's what we're doing all this for, for the eternal reward. See, there's five crowns uh, that are available uh, uh, when we're at the judgment seat of Christ. So therefore, you got to understand first, look up the crowns. Uh, I think I'm going to do it. We're going to have a conversation about the five crowns, you know, because people got to understand what we're exactly doing all of this for. What are we taking all this abuse for? What are we taking all this uh, persecution for? Why do we have to persevere? Why do we have to be overcomers? You're doing this for a reward, for a heavenly crown that, that is incorruptible, that no one can take from you ever. Uh-oh. Did I say the wrong thing? Okay, let's keep going. It is literally fixing our eyes upon Jesus, period. In diversity, the call for the Christian is to keep on track, knowing he or she will take care of us, uh, not he or she, or he will take care of us because uh, we belong to Jesus. Whatever we face and go through, our Lord is there and we are in his arms. And when we realize this fact, we can uh, preserve uh or persevere, I should say, through anything because our Lord, King, and Creator of the universe is there carrying us through. Understand this. It is essential for all of us to be focused on the goal ahead and to be able to carry the task and, and self through tough times. Too many leaders or too many believers are getting frustrated when things do not go as quote-unquote as planned. As they plan, you know, you know, we always have plans, you know, um, uh, we listen, nobody, <laughs> everybody that was doing resolutions in 2019, you know, on December 31st did not uh, plan it all this way. But what I do of 2020, but what I do understand is this, there are some people that are being extremely 
blessed and going to the next level during all this time and all this turmoil right now. They're going through all of this right now. I'm just telling you, and through, during all of um, uh, social injustice, social unrest, through all of COVID, through, listen, there's a whole bunch of stuff that's going on in 2020. 47 million people out of work. I'm telling you, there are a lot of people being blessed during this time, not because they're better, not because they're God, God's favorite. They do have favor, but because they're using their faith, they're listening to the God and they're still persevering and going through the valley of the shadow of death. I'm just saying, it may not look like you're going to make it, but I'm telling you, you will. All you got to do is use your faith. This is the moment that we all been waiting for as a church. This is the day. Understand this. There's a lot of people that feel that have the answer or want to say why in life, like whys of suffering. It is not so much how we answer the question on the reason for suffering, but how we live our lives and walk with Jesus. Too many people are stuck in the questions of it and never learn to trust and rely, rely on our Lord or learn or deal with it as learning experience at, as so as to be better and prepared as a servant of the Lord. Suffering a natural aspect of the human experience as we inherited a sinful nature that corrupted all of God's creation, including us. Suffering does not diminish our faith. In fact, it will strengthen it. When we accept Jesus, we take on his righteousness as a covering. But the sinful nature is still there, and we must confront and fight against it all of our Christian life. You know, that just messed up some uh, believer's theology. Well, I've been redeemed. Uh, God saved me. But yeah, that's why you got to work out your salvation, because your sinful life is still there, and you're battling against it every day, trying to go back to that old man or woman. But that's a whole nother subject, whole nother teaching uh, right there. As we battle on, we grow, and in each instance becomes easier to handle as we grow in righteousness and sanctification. This is our spiritual growth. And the faithful and cheerful Christian is the one who perseveres regardless of the circumstances. This is what we need to happen, folks. We got to persevere, especially as a church body, man. Through all these different circumstances, we got to move forward. Man. I, could, I wish I could just scream that through the rooftop. I, wish, I just wish somebody just put me on national television and let me do a broadcast right now and just, just say that one statement right there. We just need to persevere regardless of the circumstance. And right now, the church is paralyzed. The body is paralyzed. Not the building, the body, the people are paralyzed right now. Spirit of fear is running rampant. We didn't move from being afraid to the spirit of fear. Now it's governing exactly what we do which is exactly what the enemy wants. Even Jesus could handle, be of good cheer, be not afraid, it is I. Even he was okay with that. But man, this spirit of fear right now, man, I can't deal with it right now. I'm like, listen, I ain't scared. Let's do it. Let's go. Let people talk about us. It is what it is. That's why I go back to John MacArthur is doing it right. And I don't agree with everything John MacArthur says, but I agree on what he's actually doing. He's doing, he's following the law and the word at the exact same time, people trying to call him a nut. I'll be like, listen, that nut right there, that's somebody you can follow because he's still, he's still persevering right now. He's still going through regardless of the circumstance. He got the whole body of Christ. The guys are supposed to be on his side, like same pastors, bishops, everything, talking about him, saying he crazy, he a nut. Why? 
because he's still willing to do the word and he ain't scared? He not a coward? Uh-oh. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to leave that alone. Since suffering is a natural aspect of life, we need to realize this and guard ourselves from it, whether it is physical, mental, emotional, financial, or spiritual. The Bible tells us many times to expect it and to be persistent when faced with adversity. Faith is the key to make this happen. It is faith that allows the work of our Lord in us. Christ will give us uh, the comfort and strength to press on. Our reward is yet to come and our adventure in this life is very short compared to the eternity to come. So we need to make the best of it as life deals us these curves. We are not to be overcome with frustration, but overcome with joy through life that we have in Jesus. When things do not go our way, we need to make sure we are going his way. You can find that in John 3.30, Galatians uh, 2, 20-21, and Philippians 3 and 10. I'm just saying, y'all, let's move on. We're going to move into uh, faith and doubt. Let's talk about, because doubt, we're going to be in there for a minute. Because that's a part one and part two when we talk about faith and doubt. So we about to, we about to I'm going to give you a little taste of it uh, right now. We're going to switch gears uh, right now and uh, understand this question or this statement. How can, uh, how can one or how one can overcome the fears, worries, hurts, and doubts of life and have more faith. Understand this. So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. That's Hebrews 10, 35 through 36. Understand this. Struggles are real and are not uh, often easily answered uh, by reason or study to those who are hurting. There are no quick answers, even though there seems to be an abundance of shallow annotations from others or empty prayers meant to suffice one's ills. In the midst of our dire times, our confusion and loss of hope, our outlook can become skewed as we are consumed by both our past and current circumstances, as well as our fears of the future. We wonder... If we can really do this, can we have real effectual faith in our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ? Can we live up to this? Can we do as he called us to do? Can we process and get beyond what is behind us? Can we go through what lies ahead? Oh, my goodness, y'all. That's a lot of questions. You see what you see why we need to have this conversation? You see that what's going on right now? That is a lot going on. And these questions are evident right now at this time. Be, and they need to be answered. And guess what? Through our actions, they are being answered. Understand this is meant to help those in the midst of trials and fears or who may be fixed on it, fixated upon past hurts. There is too much cheap messaging going on in our churches while our people are hurt and confused and desperately in need of something solid to chew on to build their faith. We need wise counsel, not shallow connections and ineffectual sound bites. We need a better, effectual way to navigate ourselves in the Christian life more effectively, not the answers of prideful pastors and charismatic leaders who seem not to know or care for us, our struggles or God's word. An ear-tickling message. <laughs> 
woo, that we get as a response to our struggles gives us no real reprieve and a deep theological study seems to only annoy most of us. We need more reality and the veracity of what God is telling us in the here and now so we can move ahead in our faith and life. So what can we do? You know what, y'all? I'm glad you asked. We need to realize that Christianity is about who Jesus is and what he has done and not about us and our lives. That's going to mess somebody up right there. It ain't about us and our lives. At the same time, the application of our lives in Jesus is also about our real lives in the world and how one relates to a loving and caring God who is there and cares. The question we need to ask God and ourselves is, can I see him? Can I relate my life to him? Or am I too busy looking at myself and licking my wounds? Ouch, that's going to hurt. If not, how can we have a real effectual faith even when we can't see it or even the possibility of it? I'm glad you asked those questions again. We have to realize that life does not seem fair. Life hurts. Life is unjust. Life bites us back hard and leaves us maimed distraught, confused, and in fear. Then we go to our church. We usually take away very little that can help us. So we form doubts. Our, oh boy, sermonettes versus Christian for Christianettes leave us with more qualms and worries that starve out our faith and we become distant, depressed, and even hysterical, which causes us to lash out or just become confused and empty. What can we do? I'm glad you asked. Look to the one who saves. We got to continue to look to God. Listen, we sometimes, some of us uh, rely too much just on church as the building, or some of us just rely too much on a pastor. You put too much burden on that. We all need to start developing that relationship with God for ourselves, seeking for ourselves, get in the word. And then also, if, if you need somebody to help you navigate through that, first of all, pray about it. Also, uh, find somebody, listen, where y'all can sit there and bounce things off of it. And then where two or three are gathered in his name, there he's in the midst. He could give y'all both revelations. But get around some people or get around uh, or uh, people that can help you navigate. But you got to start it for yourselves. Understand this. Look through the floods of fear, the clouds of distrust, the rains of confusion, and the torrents of anxiety and start to really see, to really know and comprehend who Jesus is and what he has done. When we start to focus on the right target, we can in full confidence, trust and assurance in our Lord, even when it's not clear. What we do not see is still plainly there. We can seek life that is about trusting and obeying so we can live out our lives of hope and purpose and become reflection of his work to others. After all, what is faith really about? It is about me and my life, or is it about Christ and the new life he brings to me? I'm just asking for a friend, y'all. Next thing, let's look at what faith is. Ah, now we're about to get to the meat, and we almost done. Uh, give you a little meat here, and then uh, we're going to continue this in our next conversation. Let's look at what faith is. Let's look at Hebrews 11, uh, 1 through 2. You know, we everybody should know this one. You know, there's some, there's some platinum hits that are in the Bible, you know, because if, if they were songs, uh, if we talk about the billboard charts, this would be one of them. This would be an all-time great hit. Uh, you know, Psalms 23, 
uh, is definitely one that's probably at the top. Uh, we have John 3:16. That's probably rival in it. That's probably right there. But here's another one. Uh, when you talk about now, faith is being sure of what we hope for and a certain of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed and formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. You can see that in Hebrews 11, 1 through 2. Uh, understand this, for more about this, you can see uh, in applying faith, but for the sake of the journey of overcoming doubt, let's look right at God's word in Hebrews 11. This passage gives us the answer to the question, what is faith? It is both simple and profound. Walk with me, y'all. Yet it is not simplistic or incomprehensible. Genuine faith is our full confidence, trust, and assurance that our exercise and that what we hope for will indeed happen. Jesus has happened and his happening is happening in me. I'm going to say that again for somebody. Jesus has happened and his happening is happening in me. When we have more confidence, trust, and assurance, we can endure Assurance is like a title deed. It is substantial evidence, as in, as in the Greek refers to an important business document in which we can trust. The key is this, or to this, is the, sub, is the object of our hope, and that is the person and the work of Jesus the Christ, our Lord and Savior. What we have in Jesus has a real basis and foundation. In contrast, understand this, y'all, a lack of faith uh, will lead one to hopelessness and despair, which leads to bad choices and or living in past failures or hurts or future fears because of our sin or the sin of others converging upon us. Then our refusal to place God's first in our lives. Don't get mad at me. I am only the messenger. Faith gives us hope meaning we can have confidence in God for our future that is in his hands. And how can we have also have confidence because he will lead us out of our past. Understanding faith, here it is, what it is. Faith sees what is ahead when our eyes and thinking cannot. If we see what he has done in the past, we can have hope for the future too. Also, our hope realizes that our temporary life on the earth is not at all there is. There is a future time when we will be with God for eternity. Understand this, quote unquote, hope is a Jewish metaphor for heaven which also means an unshakable conviction in what we must be, such as the North Star guides uh, ships without which uh, ship would be lost. But we know the star will not go away. This is where we find assurance, which is faith. Faith is not mere belief. It is real. It is tangible, as in genuine and authentic. So we are sure in whom Jesus, the Christ, as Lord. We trust and to whom we go to live in righteousness. That is 1 Corinthians 1, 22 through 30. Understand our confidence. Here we are talking about confidence again when you talk about what is faith. Our confidence in God for our future helps remove our fears and anxiety because we and our situation are in his hands. The, this gives birth, y'all. I'm trying to tell you, this gives verse and it fuels to the fact that our real effectual faith, because we're going to talk about effectual faith, is not just a reward. It is a duty on which we embark here and now. Our faith is based on the knowledge given by God through his word. 
and evidence in his creation and people's testimonies. That's why we need to hear people's testimonies. Uh, I know we don't do testimony service when we're in churches no more because, you know, folks be going all off on a tangent. And so we can never really get to the real testimony because, you know, some folks be like, giving honor to God, you know, he straightened out my wig. You know, it just is just foolishness. And but there are real testimonies out there where people, if they actually told you their story, it could change your life, literally, and increase your faith. Faith is not just simple trust. Faith is not blind trust either, because we know the one who is leading. We, as people of faith, must live by faith, as this is the only thing we can do to show to others that Jesus is real and concrete. Then this efficient and powerful faith of ours can give life to our passion and the conviction of our faith that Jesus the Christ is real, even when we cannot see him or what he has done for us. Being certain, as in conviction, y'all, means that we can take it to the bank, that God's promises are real and tangible, even when we do not see them in the moments of our tyranny and stress. Listen, that's Romans 1, uh, 16 through 17, uh, 5, 1 through 11, uh, 10, uh, 14 through 17, Galatians 3, 1 through 4, Ephesians 2, 8 through 9, and James 2, 14 through 26. I had to give y'all those. Because I don't want you just thinking, oh, Pastor Wade just telling us whatever he feels. No, 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 I'm not. You can look it up for yourself. I'm only a messenger, y'all. We just talking, y'all. That's all we doing. We just talking. <laughs> we just having a conversation, you know. And the Bible is very clear. Come let us reason together. I just want us to reason together. That's all. Listen, I'm not saying I'm the end all be all like Wade knows it all. This Pastor Wade don't know it all. Not even close. Listen. I'm okay. I could take constructive criticism. I could take people saying I'm wrong and they can show me I'm wrong. And I'll be like, okay, if I'm wrong, I'll be like, oh, okay, you're absolutely right. If I'm right, I'll be like, well, you're tripping. I'm just saying, but we're just having a conversation, y'all. Listen, this, this faith thing is not easy. And there are some things where if you don't understand it, it can be complicated. Understand this. When we have faith working perfectly, it sees when we do not see as our faith is valid and true. How can this be true in the times of tension? Because it is based on historical evidence, logical reasoning, and legitimate testimonies. Our faith is eternal in heaven, and also what has not happened yet, as this applies to uh, uh, those who are still living, that they may have confidence in Jesus. This helps us to come to the realization that experience of our knowledge and practice is impacting and not merely an esoteric or academic idea. Jesus is real for us, both in our daily lives and in eternity. Thus, we have authentic hope, the response of our faith, evidence as we live out our lives. We also have the confirmation of God's approval through real, effectual faith. God did this for the people of old as well as for us, the people of now for you. Oh my goodness, y'all. We didn't win over so much today, God. We just had a great time uh, and a great conversation. I hope you got a lot. I pray uh, 
that you enjoyed our time together as much as I did. Thank you for tuning in to episode two of How to Apply Your Faith. I thank you for all your support and responses. New episodes will release every Thursday on iTunes and Spotify at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Please remember to subscribe and don't just listen to these episodes just once. Get them ingrained in your spirit. Remember, faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Also, for anything to become a habit psychologically takes 60 to 90 days, 66 to be exact. Remember in all thy getting, get understanding, then practice implementing what you have learned. Remember, faith without works is dead. Apply these tools to take your faith to the next level. A special thanks. You know it, KC, Kevin Clayton at I Am Music Group for producing this show, Erica Duff for the artwork, the Flow Therapy Morning, the Flow Therapy Morning Show with Coco B and Frank Nitty on the Uncommon Gospel Radio Network, Alex Teamer, aka A Team, and thanks for the mic. He gave me a new microphone, y'all, to help me uh, uh, put out the sound, and so I can have a, a, my voice will sound better. So thank you for that as well, uh, A Team, uh, Pastor Warren Campbell. That's my pastor and Lena Bird Miles uh, for this is the day intro and get up mornings with Erica Am. With Erica Campbell, that's my first lady, y'all. A special shout out uh, to all the California Worship Show family in North Hollywood. Remember to subscribe to This Is The Day on whatever podcast platform you use. You can also follow me on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Real Pastor Wade. And Wade is spelled W-A-I-D. And also remember to post any subject titles um, on my Facebook stories or my Instagram stories on what you thought about the conversation. Always remember, y'all. God believes in you, and so do I. Till next time, this is the day. This is always the day for breakthrough, victory, redemption. Thank you for tuning in. Remember to subscribe to This Is The Day with Pastor Wade on any podcast platform that you use. You can interact with Pastor Wade with questions, comments, or subject titles you would like discussed. You can follow Pastor Wade at Real Pastor Wade, that is Real Pastor W-A-I-D, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.